Welcome in to the Lion's Den. Spencer Warren to my left, Taryn Meyer to my right. Miss you, May. No Maddie Gash, but Taryn's filling in. Taryn, welcome. Thank you for having me. I kind of feel a little bit hard done. Everybody says, oh, no Matt Gash today. Everybody seems so disappointed all the time. <sighs> I've got bloody Taron on the phone. Well, we, have, we haven't had Matt for quite some time, I must say. Keeps, so. I think he's avoiding us. Yeah, he's over it. He said, I've got, th- I've got special project to do, was his text, wasn't yeah, it? whatever that means. Bugger. He does have a special project, but he is a very busy fellow. He is. He is. And we are grateful that when he uh, comes on, he, uh, he does so. So, um... Big show for you guys today. Uh, no Mike Petkey talk. We spoke about that last week. If you missed the episode, go back, check it out. It was uh, in-depth, and uh, yeah, it was fun, to be honest with you, to talk about something on a serious matter. Um, and hopefully you guys out there enjoyed it. But uh, we got the club update right off the bat, which we'll get to in a split second. Obviously, a 3-1 win over New York City Football Club. Jefferson Savarino and Nick Beasler were rewarded with their efforts throughout the course of that game. Freddie Juarez, guys, has been stellar. Taken of the reins of the suspended Mike Petke. That's worth a conversation. Then, of course, a look ahead to Sporting Kansas City. And then, then I guess there's some MLS news that involves some pretty big players that probably worth a uh, conversation. Our Lord and Saviour Wayne Rooney being one of them. Sped with. I mean, sorry, I spoke too quick. Uh, Trevor, without further ado. Salt Lake Club update! Brought to you in full by Matt Gash. Right, yes, uh, that's the intro there. Uh, Taron, this is your little segment to uh, tell us what's been going on around the club. Again, I feel a little weird you called it a little segment, but here we go. Uh, <laughs> the Monarchs. Well, it's, <laughs> it is you, Taron. <laughs> <laughs> I stand sideways, you can't see me. I'm, I'm that, that skinny. Uh Spencer, you called the game for us on uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. Real Monarchs uh, coming in hot, beating Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC. I always hate saying that name. It's so, always super it's long. It's, it's so obnoxious. And the fans call you out. If you don't call it right, oh, they're, they, they go after they you on Twitter. Me and Landon. So, uh, yeah, it was very Switchbacks FC. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Is that what they're called? Yeah. When Landon and I would call games the entire 2017 season, uh, each time that they were in town, we'd be calling games for them. Uh, we would fail to uh, meet their standard of yes. names for their club, and they would definitely let us know. And that's how it was drilled into my head. But anyway, dummy <laughs> in German, 86 minute, gets the winner. Uh, his first as a professional. Now 17 players have scored for the Monarchs this season. You and I were speaking earlier about Julian Vasquez, RSL homegrown Julian Vasquez. Uh, he was lights out in that game from what I saw I was not uh, at Zion's Bank Stadium that day, but uh, no, he was awesome. First uh, professional assist as well. Correct, correct, and it's good to see him get in some minutes and get to playing and playing well. He Spencer. looks like uh, he looks like he's just entering the uh, puberty stage. Are we, are we allowed to talk about this? Uh, are we no, still talking about me? Are we still are we talking about us? <laughs> <laughs> just let's clarify. <laughs> yeah, they're moving swiftly on. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Oh dear, he's a talent though. Oh, he's fun to watch. I mean, he came off the bench and, and you know, had an opportunity to put one in the back of the net. Goalkeeper rushed out, or the defender got back and whatnot, but kept going. You know, uh, along with uh, Luis Ariaga, you know, they, they, those two look like a real hot prospect. Um, Eric Holt played the full ninety minutes at the back. Just assured, he's he's a step above USL. To be honest with you, 
um, and, and deserves his minutes in Major League Soccer. And Andrew Putner for long periods didn't have anything to do, but his concentration levels were, were superb as well. And the good thing for the Monarchs is, is that they went on that six-game uh, unbeaten run and and they go and drop a 3-1 result in San Antonio, get a red card in the first half, which, to be fair, is unlucky, but San Antonio has never been kind to the Monarchs, so it's always nice to come back home and get the win. Uh, this weekend they host Tulsa Roughnecks, who currently sit bottom of the table in the Western Conference. They started the year really, really well, so the Monarchs are definitely hoping that they can uh, really wrap things up and take the full three points on eight, Saturday. Eight o'clock game. Correct, Science Bank Stadium. Ben, are you going to be there? No, RSL will be on the uh, road against uh, Sporting ah. Kansas City, so it clashes, unfortunately. That's a shame. I do like going out there. When the sun goes down about 8.30, the yep. sun goes behind the mountains, and, and it's perfect out there. We did learn from the very first game we ever played at that stadium that we had an unfixable problem on the broadcast and media side on that east side, uh, the sunshine that is always a tough one to deal with. Yes. But you're right. When it does go down, it is gorgeous and a wonderful place to take in a game. The Royals are uh, in some strife, Tara. They are in some strife. Winless in their last six. Only scored three goals by my count. I can definitely say that they are not happy with it. Uh, they are very hungry, and they they really want to get the win. The good news is is they had the short turnaround from the game on Saturday. They play tonight against Sky Blue FC, which is a team that they should absolutely be, beat home and away. Everybody knows Sky Blue struggles, but it would be uh, a quick way to turn turn morale around, uh, not only for the team but for the fans, if they were to claim victory over Sky Blue uh, tonight at 8 o'clock. And that's a home game. It is a home game. Wow. A lot of home games. How how has uh, the attendance been from a Royals? Because I know after the World Cup blew up. It did blow up. Is it steady Around still? League-wide it really blew up. Right. And I'd have to look at the numbers. I don't have them right in front of me. But we are always, it's always Portland, Utah Royals FC. That's cool. Uh, and so it's always good to see. We're always, we Everybody knows that we're in such a good market yeah. for that. And we have a lot of soccer going on. But at the same time, it's the best of the best playing our backyard. Yeah, I, think, I think people understand that. Yeah. That's a, that's a credit to those who uh, listen to this podcast as well as many others, so uh, thank you to you. Uh, and then lastly, I guess from a club update standpoint, just an update on Big Ned, who uh, has been back in town now for about probably a week, maybe just a few days over a week. Um, he had visa issues. It doesn't really matter, but he wasn't here, um, and he's back now, so a chance maybe to get some playing time possibly and I, again i can't speak for the coaching staff i always have to say this when i come on the show this is my personal view of these sorts of things but uh if natum is available for selection which i'm assuming he will be i don't know that for a fact uh he's going to be hard pressed to replace marcelo silva and justin glad right now those two are really gelling together and it, and it gives the staff a lot of choices, a lot of tough choices at that center back spot between those three. And I think uh, really whoever starts against Kansas City this weekend will and can get the job done. But uh, whether Natum plays or not remains to be seen. Massive luxury for the coaching staff oh, to have that. Um, I do know that, uh, and I forget the game, so I apologize, but Marcelo Silva came in for the first game in which uh, maybe it was, no, it was, an, it was a home game. So anyway, regardless, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Mike Petke hinted that if Marcelo Silva continues to play the way he has been playing, we may well play five back, three center backs. And I believe it was a Philadelphia game. Is that the one? Yes. Yeah, you might be right. I, believe I know it was, it was a home game. So 
Um, let's just go with Philadelphia. So that's an option as well. We um, Only time will tell. And then uh, big Sammy J, Sam Johnson, coming back from that quad injury. To be honest with you, I'm still kind of waiting to hear. He's been in and out of training. He looks good. He's in good spirits. Um, but he's working his way up to full fitness again. I can't speak to whether or not he'll be available at the weekend, but uh, training positively. I can probably uh, tell you he's unlikely to play. Did I just mumble? Like, Body really bad? Why? We are unlikely to play. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. I haven't had lunch today. I'm like, what? Why are you saying that? <laughs> Gosh, are you trying to make me swear? Yeah, yeah, you got to get a... Spano's got to take a few stabs at... Snap down in the backyard. Yeah. Now, like... Throw it down. Throw in some throat. logs in the back of your ute. Shut up. <laughs> uh, Fosters. Yeah. <laughs> Australian for beer. Uh, all right, moving on. Thanks for that, uh, fellas. Uh, recap of the 3-1 win over NYCFC. Well, we're over in Walkabout Creek. Shut up. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> what were your thoughts, Spenno? Uh, brilliant. I thought uh, after the wobble at the start, you know, conceding early, terrible goal to concede, by the way. Um, it wasn't pretty. But I think the response after the goal was was pretty solid. They, they had to weather the storm a little bit, um, got the uh, the equaliser, and then had to weather another storm towards the end of the uh, the first half. And I thought the second half they, they completely took over. Very, very patient. Had to wait for well, another 30 minutes. Um, but they were very patient. And it felt like what was nice about it. We've seen this under Mike as well. But under, under Freddie, we've seen a lot more possession-based. Uh, keeping the ball on the deck, going through Albert. Sometimes Albert gets bypassed a little bit too much for my liking, and I thought that the ball was moved uh, brilliantly around, especially for, I mean, you look at the first goal. Uh, I think there was like five or six different players that touched that ball before it ended up in the back of the net. I, I, yeah, I just, I'm very, very impressed against a really good New York team. They're really, I mean, they've got a bunch of games in hand. If they win those, they'll be leading the uh, the East. So yeah, very, very solid and, and a solid road, uh, road team as well. And, yeah. I, and I do have to say that the win over New York City uh, this past weekend was the first time in 2019 that the team has conceded first uh, and come back to to win. There you go. And I think Kyle and Albert hit it on the head post game. Is that uh, regardless of when you give up a goal, uh, especially four or five minutes deep into the game, obviously that's a little bit deflating. But they kept to the game plan. They stuck to it and they played. And they drew level right before the half uh, through Sava, brilliant goal. Probably should have had one or two prior to that, to be to be quite honest. Yeah, one on one. Yeah, he mm-hmm. did have the one on one. It was unlucky. To be fair, he knows he should have done better. But uh, speaking of his equalizer, Spencer, you were talking about this. Uh, it took eight touches. Four players touched the ball. Can one by Marcelo into Kyle. Kyle out to Albert. Back to Kyle. Back to Sava. All in eight touches. And that was just by the discipline of picking and choosing when to go for it on those goal kicks and. Uh, really, in the second half, uh, it was all RSL. Uh, I don't. I don't believe Nikki really had to do anything in goal. The, New York wasn't really threatening, uh, to my memory. So uh, I think overall it was a wonderful performance against a very good Eastern Conference side. And it's worth noting um, that Maximiliano or Maxi Morales, as mm-hmm. they call him, who leads NYCFC, the Pigeons, with 13 assists. He was their uh, only member. That was a part of the MLS All-Star game against Atletico Madrid midweek. He, was, uh, he wasn't he was even in the 18. He, now, he traveled to Salt Lake City. He just, they rested, rested him for yeah. him. So that was a big loss for NYCFC. So, so they they weren't at their, their best, um, unfortunately, regardless. 3-1 win over a, a, a team like that. 
Very impressive. And uh, NYCFC are yet to come to Rio Tinto Stadium and pick up three points. RSL is 4-1-0 all-time against New York, the only loss coming last year at Yankee Stadium. Correct. Yeah, I mean, Manchester City, they're a, they're a huge team. Sorry, New York are a huge team. <laughs> um, anyway, I just think it was... Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, huge loss for them. Um, but, uh, I, but the fact they kept Eber uh, um, that quiet, I mean, he'd scored five games in the balance. I mean, yeah. he's, he's a man in form. Um, certainly missed um, uh, Morales, but yeah, I mean, there's still plenty of quality throughout that squad. We can't go, we can't talk any longer about the game without talking about Albert Rusnak's goal. He took the leather off it, didn't he? Mate, that was something. Seriously, Cristiano Ronaldo, knuckleball esque. That ball moved back and it's forth. The black boots. We talk about it every week. It's the black boots. I want you guys to know that when he wore those black boots for the first time, I credited him on those black boots in the post-game press conference, and he... Uh, I can attest to that. You were there, weren't you? Yes. yes. You might have to bleep this out, but I could see you were physically... No, I really was. Like, <laughs> sweat dripping off my face. I was that worried. I can't go through one show, one show, without him having me bleep something out. I think it's his goal to okay, do Okay, so do I have to... Can I ask, or do I need to ask to say... That he really just spanked that ball. No, Is no, that no, you're fine. no, that's yeah, fine. That he did spank that ball. Oh, oh, and I'm going to take this. I'm going to take yeah. this out of Dunny's book here. But the way he hits that ball on the instep like that to get a ball to move and knuckle like that is very hard to find. Most people lace that, that but the way the Albert steps into it and hits it with his instep is incredible. It really is. It's so hard to do as well. Really? So I, and I've heard him say that he doesn't like giving it the laces. It's not comfortable. He's, he's yeah. trained you know, time and time again, week in, week out, to, to hit it on the instep. And, yeah. Sean Johnson is 6'3". He's but, a big boy. And he's long, too, yeah, he's more a, importantly. He was no And if chance. you remember in 2017 when New York City visited Sandy, Albert did the same thing with his left foot. Put it in the far corner, past the outstretched arms of Sean Johnson. So... Two for two in Utah. Very nice. Um, you, you mentioned Brian Dunseth. I think it's uh, it's only fair we, we talk about what Danny had to say during the goal. I, I listened to the <laughs> broadcast after he said, uh, throw your beers and not your children. What What is that quote from? Is that a quote from a movie? It has to be. I have no idea. I think I'm going to give him credit for it. I think that's a quote for Everton fans. A couple of years ago, they were in the qualifying rounds of Europe, and they got into a fight, and some guy was holding his child, and he was trying to punch a Leon player. That was Evertonians. Oh. You feel better saying that now? Does it, does it just no, feel I mean, nice to get that off your it's, chest? It's just, it's, I mean, it's every season. You could pick on them all the time. Well, when you type it into Google, one of the, the headlines that comes up is teach, a drink, teach your kids how to drink. Well, how about we don't do that? Yeah, let's uh, I didn't know there was a story on me on there. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Uh, so, uh, Freddy Juarez, fellas. Oh, I guess yeah. we should also mention um, regarding the NYCFC game that Jefferson Savarino was MLS... Team of the Week member Correct. playing up front on the right, and uh, Nick Beasler is was made the bench. Nick, Cheeky Nick, goal. Nick came on in like the eighty-third minute, maybe eighty-third like, to be exact. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, okay. Yes. I thought I was. So we had ten minutes if you include the extra time, stoppage time, and he made MLS Team of the Week. Good for him. That was quite a cheeky hill kick. 
And his celebration was even better. Oh, and he owns it too. Yeah, he like that locker him. room right now. I'll tell you what, people have been trying to give him stick for it. No, he owns it. He loves it. Loves it. And I've heard he's one of the more funnier. Oh, he's hysterical. Yeah, I hear he's, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's, he just comes across as a really good teammate. He really does, and and that's what you need in the locker room. I, you know, particularly you know when when there's tough times when results aren't going your way. Obviously, what's gone on the last couple of weeks uh, for the organization. But I mean, just just to have those type of characters. <laughs> Kyle is also one of those people. Um, and I thought he put in a fantastic shift. I think he, he didn't get enough credit to, to be honest with you on Saturday. That that battle that he had with uh, Alexander Ring uh, was one, one of the more fiery that we've seen Kyle. But you know, gets booked and and then Lior's. Alexander Ring into making a challenge so he gets booked as well. That was all Kyle. Well, the original, so the Kyle. original challenge, uh, Beckman got upset because I think he, cli- I think Ring might have clipped Beckman's mm-hmm. head, mm-hmm. and he was not happy about that. Ring, by the way, is a very good player. Yes. He is very, very good. Scored player. a wonderful goal. Yeah, uh, to be honest, he took it well. So um, anyway, uh, we need to take our one and only time out. We'll talk Freddie Juarez. Look ahead to sporting Kansas City and um, other news circulating Major League Soccer. Don't go anywhere. Be back soon. Right, uh, welcome back in to the Lions. Then uh, Spencer Warren to my left, Taron Mai to my right. I'm Tom Hackett. Moving hey, swiftly for, oh yeah, big one two over there on the uh, ones and twos. Yeah, big T dog. <laughs> T dog. Please don't oh. call me that. T dog. Isn't that well, T Rex? Didn't it? Hold on, no. Didn't didn't <laughs> Nate and Nate and uh, Speno had had a name for me? Was T Bone? Like, it was T Bone. No, it was like T Rev. T Rex. Your little I short don't... gimpy arms and. <laughs> I don't have short arms. Sorry. Do I? No, I don't. I'm just I'm going to go with T-Rex. T-Rex it is. Oh, man, they're not. T-Bone yeah. State, it, it medium like rare. This. It's like this. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, moving on. Right. Yeah, uh, let's get this over and done. T-Gentle. T-Gentle. At least it wasn't a punter. Yeah, well, you weren't anything. But, uh... Oh, wow. Freddy Juarez, gentlemen. Yeah. Come on, he's doing some nice things. Able deputy. Uh, nil-nil draw on the road against FC Dallas at Tour. It's a stadium where, personally, I thought that RSL were the better team. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, 3-1 over arguably one of the... Well, you, I guess they're not <laughs> arguably. They are one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Great road record. Home. Great road record. Great, yeah. In fact, best road record in Major League Soccer. When and only were, three losses on the year. Yeah. So Until, when they came in, yeah. it was uh, 4-2-4. Four, four. So they're good. really, really good. They'll be a, a playoff <laughs> contender. They'll be moving their way through the East and hoping to make it to the MLS Cup come year's end. But uh, regardless... I do need to pat RSL on the back. Oh, they, I'm so sorry. I, I am uh, sorry to interrupt. No. But RSL has been the best team in Major League Soccer since the Gold Cup break, sitting at 4-1-3 and three And you know, I, I also learned that RSL has the best home record since, I think it's like 2009. 2009. I learned that Correct. over the weekend. That is something to behold. So it New is York a, Red Bulls and RSL are almost neck and neck since 2009. That's awesome. So... Rio Tinto Stadium, another shout-out to the fans that fill that place week in and week out. That's um, A lot of that's your hard work. Hey, you had something about the Academy. I do have something about the Academy. The Academy season, preseason gets underway this week. Uh, they're three days deep right now under the direction of uh, Tom Spall, 
who came across from England. And a bit of news out of the Academy, which is kind of cool. Uh, for the very first time, the Academy will be holding a U15 contingent. So the U15s will now join the 17s and the 19s in Harriman to compete in the Southwest Division of the USSDA, uh, providing yet another layer, along with the academies down in Arizona who fly under the Real Salt Lake Arizona flag uh, of ours, um, to kind of help mold the pipeline and generate one of the biggest and most extensive uh, academy pipelines leading to the professional level in American soccer. Question for you then, Taryn. Yes. Is that mean that the uh, under-15s that are in Arizona moving up to Utah, or will there be two? They are going to be in Harriman. Okay, cool. So moving up. I, I believe, and now don't quote me on this, because I, I know there's a lot, of, a lot of moving parts to this, but I believe the 13s or the 14s down to I believe the 9s or the 10s are still in Arizona, but the 15s, 17s, or 19s are now in Harriman. Sweet. Very cool. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's something else. So the academy moving swiftly forward, and, uh, well, you just have to go look at the history, and uh, you'll get a pretty good understanding of just how dominant that academy is compared to other major league soccer clubs. Um Freddie Juarez was where I was going. Sorry, we've gone yes, back I apologize. and forth. No, you're fine. He kind of ties to the academy. Yeah, yes. kind of. You you warned me during the break that you wanted to do that, and I just completely brain farted. But uh, I guess what what do we make? Taryn, you're around the club on a on a weekly basis. Spenno and I are occasionally down there, but nothing like you are. Has ha, Have things been all that different with Freddie running the show and Mike nowhere to be found? Because no. he's not allowed to be found? No. <laughs> Not allowed to be found. Uh, no, the good thing about about this situation, uh, we'll take the silver lining out of this, is that every member of the staff, uh, from Craig, Rob, Mike, down, everybody, uh, it doesn't matter who's gone or who's there. Uh, everybody is in lockstep with each other, and everybody understands what's expected of, of the group. Uh, the group is a staff. The group is a players, as players, excuse me. Uh, so, no. Nothing has really been drastically different or really different at all because at the end of the day, the players, there's 11 players on the field who dictate everything and they develop training sessions to benefit that week, uh, not only for RSL, but uh, for the opponent as well. And uh, Freddie's very good at what he does. Uh, the rest of the staff are very good at what they do uh, to help support Mike and in turn support Freddie uh, if and when things like this happen. So, to answer your question, no, it has not been drastically different. What have you enjoyed about Freddie Spanner thus far? You know, I think I, I mentioned it earlier in the uh, the podcast. Just just the style has tweaked a little bit, and we've seen it under Mike. So I don't know if it's fully Freddie, but the the movement of the ball, the ball movement, the the interaction, the passes, um, the as I said, you know, people. The runs that are being made, opening up spaces, um, I just feel like it's a little bit more fluid. Um, I don't know if that is a Freddie thing, but I want to give him credit where it's due. I think that we've played really, really well uh, the last couple of games. I think uh, FC Dallas was our best road performance of the season, uh, to be honest with you, with regards to a playoff contender um, going to uh, Dallas in uh in late July. Horrible place. Humidity. It's hot. You know, and, I believe and- RSL's only... One in Dallas on one occasion. Yeah, yeah, and, and so I mean, it's it's you know, I think that the Freddie gets uh, you know a tip of the cap, and rightly so. I think he's done a really really good job, and it it feels solid and it feels calm. 
Um, I like watching him on the sideline. I don't do a ton of sideline stuff anymore um, for for you know my my weekend gig and whatnot. But watching him from the press box is is kind of cool because you can actually see he makes it very simple for the players that are on the field tactically uh, and where he wants people to be. He's very very involved. Uh, Mike is a little different. He's got a different coaching style, but uh, I, visually. It's fun to watch uh, Freddie. I agree. And uh, I think it's also worth noting that, you know, at the start of the season, we were having conversations. Taryn, you weren't here. It was Matt. Um, and we were, we were talking about kind of the, the best way forward for Real Salt Lake from a playing perspective. What style best suits them? What is Mike's philosophy when it comes to uh playing and, and the structure I guess of a team you know their possession team do they like to play on the counter um and I think for a while there it was it was a bit uh foggy as to what exactly Mike was trying to do now the last handful of weeks with Mike at the helm or with Freddie at the helm I think we can pretty confidently say or at least I'm pretty confident in saying that there's no doubt that when RSL maintain and win the possession count, they're a better team. They look better. There's more fluidity, the tempo, the, the pace. Speed of the game is generally controlled by RSL, and that's when they look their most dangerous. I thought the second half against NYCFC last Saturday evening was a, a great example of that. Now, NYCFC lost all their legs, it felt like. You know, they could not run at all. It was stagnant, so... Uh, my point is is still valid, though. I think they um, they're really good when they can control the football, as opposed to try and play that counter attacking ball. So hopefully, moving forward, that's the case. I think that's their best chance to win it. I think that's exciting for the fans. That'll put more more fans in the stadium. Yeah, it's so. a, and it's attractive style of play, especially at home, because when you get these Eastern Conference teams or any team for that matter, besides the Rapids, uh, teams start to wear down about fifty five, sixty minutes in, and that's that's obviously pretty common with the altitude. But the more the ball moves the faster the oppo- the opposing teams get worn down. And I think you're spot on. I think uh, RSL has found a way to dictate the flow and the pace of the game and use the home field and the elements, we'll say, uh, to their advantage. And I, I agree with that. Sporting Kansas City away from home out there. Uh, I guess, gents, first of all, let's talk about Sporting Kansas City and where they sit. They're nowhere near as dominant as they are normally in the Western Conference. In fact, they're way down the bottom i think in 10th spot taron what uh what do you know and what's going on out there in sport Benicel harbor's not going to be there rsl fans are going to love that uh obviously the banter between benny and the rsl faithful is always something to behold but he will not be uh in the 18 for sporting kansas city look children's mercy park in kansas city is always a very tough place to play their fans are Ruckus, raucous. Uh, how do you say that? Raucous. Did I do that right? Yeah, just go with it. New words. I'm learning something every day. It's always a very tough place to play, and uh, the the fans are always cro- close proximity, and they give everybody that comes into that place hell. And RSL has found success historically in Kansas City, but I think th- there's a lot to play for in this game on on both sides. I think for Sporting, they obviously want to move up the table. They do not like that they're in 10th place. Now, I don't know that for a fact, but I know Peter Vermees, and I know he wants to be the best. And 10th place, place is nowhere near the best. So expect him to trot out a very, very good lineup uh, against RSL. And for RSL, I think this is a winnable game. 
it's a very winnable game in the form that they're in. And I think it could really generate some separation and open some eyes uh, in the playoff picture on the top uh, of the Western Conference table. So, look, I think I think it's going to be a hard fight. It's going to be a very gritty game, very very physical game. Probably going to see a lot of cards as always when these two teams meet. But uh, I think about it. Probably a goal is going to separate separate Saturday. Spenner, your thoughts on the fixture? Uh, always excited. Um, you know, it kind of loses a little bit of an edge when. Uh, Beckerman is not going to be uh, going at it with uh, Mr. Espinosa, but you know that's that's part and parcel of the game. I think we are. We, did you say we we don't have Everton Louise for the game? Is that correct? Correct, yellow card. Um, so that loses a little bit of the bite, but I do I do like Nick Beasley. I thought uh, he's he's a great foil for. Um, when one of those two guys are out, uh, I think he's had a really good season, and you're seeing a better Nick Beasler that is not a centre back, never was a centre back, even though he did some of that work in the USL. But I think you see a much better, uh, non flashy defensive midfielder, uh, but gets in the right spots. There's a couple of goals he scored for Real Salt Lake uh, since uh, coming up from uh, from the Monarchs, and I, I, I think uh, he deserves a, a spot, uh, particularly uh, going up against his uh, big brother. Um, if if RSL can manage to pinch a point on the road or, or maybe even pinch three from Sporting Kansas City, you've, you've got to think that Freddie Juarez is doing himself quite a favour when it comes to finding a head coaching job. Eventually, just... And I know three games, so it's, it's, it's a small, um, small little package that you get to work from, but man... The first two games that he's been in charge, he he has really impressed me, and um, I th- I'm really excited now about the away, you know, the away fixture at Sporting Kansas City, and a part of that is kind of how they played against FC Dallas two weeks ago now, and and the way they were able to uh, play on the road when they weren't expected to. I mean, the you know RSL's road form, it's not just been a problem this year; it's not just been a problem like. Last year, it's been it's been an ongoing problem now for quite some time. And when you look at some of the numbers, you know a lot of a lot of MLS teams will struggle on the road just as poorly as RSL have over the last. It's really just you know the top two percent, the LAFCs of the world, DC Uniteds of the world, where they're in when they're playing NYCFC. You know the, the top of the top. So I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, as we look at the MLS standings now, RSL, by the way, that 3-1 victory jumped them from 8th to 6th. Correct. So they are now uh, well and truly inside that playoff line. But, man, Spanner, you've got that table up now. Mm. It's just a matter of points from making the playoffs and not. Yeah, it's super tight. I mean, and you look at second position in Minnesota United, which is a, a shock to me because I can't stand Adrian Heath. I'm going to say that every week we talk about Minnesota and I just can't stand him. But he's done a really good job. But it's only four points behind. You're only four points behind second place. It is un- it's so tight, obviously, behind LAFC. The whole, I mean, really down to, to uh, Sporting Kansas City. So second at 310, uh, there's a 10-point swing there. And... That's with a lot of soccer left. To there play. is a lot of soccer to be played, and uh, yeah, this is the Western Conference is hotting up, and, and it's it's fun, it's exciting. I just want to make sure that RSL are in the fourth position uh, by the end of the season. Fingers well, crossed. Well, the Galaxy, who are bouncing between second and third for the majority of uh, the season, they're all the way down in in fifth spot. So, you know, one win can swing you. Yeah, a it's a point. Of points. It's a point between second and uh, and fifth. Wow. 
That's the incredible thing is for ourselves, you look at the upcoming fixtures at Sporting Kansas City, which is obviously a meaningful game, back home the following Wednesday against Seattle, followed by LAFC coming to town. I mean, the games that are lining up right now, I mean, if you can take points off these top seven teams, I'll say, eight teams uh, at home, I'm club's going to be sitting pretty. And that's what RSL have going for them, obviously playing a lot of away games through the first half of the season. They've they've got a large chunk of the remaining games at Rio Tinto Stadium, as I said earlier. RSL and uh, New York, according to Taron, are uh, kind of the two best home teams since 2009, so that's dating back 10 years worth of numbers. So, um, All right, gentlemen, some quick tidbits here. Um, Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Spenno, your uh, fellow countryman, he's decided. This, 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 so, and we won't take too long on this because it's, it's not RSL news, but this all seemed to happen over the course of like 24 hours. I feel like news started to creep that Wayne Rooney was interested in Derby County, and then before you knew it, he's, he's over there in England doing a press conference saying how he's going to join the team in January. But he's, he's leaving DC United mm-hmm. somehow, despite, uh, I guess, rejuvenating his career in Major League Soccer. He was dead essentially when he when he came uh, from Everton to DC United and he's uh, been able to spark a, an impressive comeback yeah I mean he'll be 34 by the time he moves over there um, back home I mean it's, it's the next phase of his career um, I don't know what his communication uh, skills are going to be like uh, you know on, on the, the training field because he can barely string a sentence together but I mean uh, that's neither can uh, you well, yeah exactly yeah it's but, an English uh, thing I, I, fin- <laughs> I finished school um, but yeah um, I, I'm, I'm excited for him as well because he is a even though he was a blue and a red uh, red, not the good red. red. Yeah, well, and, and the Vida Club. Carry on. Everton. Anyway, but, but, uh, he is a national treasure as well at the same time. I mean, he's the all-time leading goal scorer for England. Um, he had a wonderful career, let's be honest. And I, I, I like the fact that uh, he's taken the step. I mean, you look at Frank Lampard, you look at Stephen Gerrard, you look at John Terry, distinguished careers and... and Taking a chance, uh, two of them are taking a chance. John Terry's still, you know, figuring it out being an assistant and whatnot. I- I'm excited for for these legends of the English game to to see their faces uh, as head coaches. So I- I'm excited for him. I think it's a great opportunity. Frank Lampard, I got a great um, opportunity at Derby County, then goes to to Chelsea. They've got Philip Koku in there right now, who was a wonderful Dutch international, just done everything in the game as well. Um, so this, I think, will be great for for Wayne Rooney to be underneath him and. and Play his trade, learn his trade as well. Uh, and then, and then elsewhere, uh, Bojan Kurkic, who some of you may remember, he was boy back in the day. He was supposedly the next original Ronaldo. Once you kid on the time. block. Um, now we're talking back in you know 2007, I guess 2008. Barca, some time yeah, ago. So wonderful. He spent uh, this is this is so he's going to Montreal is what I'm trying to say, but. You know his resume of teams that he's played for is quite remarkable. So he spent his youth career in Barcelona from ninety nine to two thousand and six. He then spent time uh, moving up to the Barcelona first team squad, where he appeared one hundred and four times, scoring twenty six goals. That was from twenty seven to eleven. Bounced to Roma in Serie A from twenty eleven to thirteen. Went back to Barcelona for a season. Then since twenty fourteen, has spent time with Premier League club. Stoke City. Now, now he has been put out on loan on on two occasions, and now he finds himself in Major League Soccer. So, uh, 
a talent. He's he's one of the um, and he's kind of an interesting character. Uh, his dad was a great soccer player as well, but he battled depression and, and he was quite vocal about it. You know what the, the issues that he was going through, and that's why you see a lot of loan moves going back to Spain and things like that. It just didn't quite settle. Um, so I, I mean, looks like he's he's in a good place. I'm, he's such a talent. He's still um, only twenty eight. Yeah, exactly. So he's still got a lot to offer, and it's a, it's a great opportunity for him to come to Major League Soccer, showcase his talent still um i think he'll do well if he settles in um but yeah I, hopefully you know he's doing well and and uh just doesn't do very well when he plays against real salt lake montreal uh currently sitting in sixth in the mm-hmm. eastern conference so they're uh, in the hunt for a playoff spot and uh, hopefully Bojan can help him out with that i'm excited for him to come to uh, salt lake city i remember it was back early 2000s kind of when he was starting to blow up and that was right when i was uh, in the in the thick of the whole soccer thing so uh i looked up to him once upon a time and uh, it'll be fun to see him come to rio tinto stadium Taran, next uh, year next year yes we've already visited montreal mm-hmm. once this year it didn't go uh, according to plan did Blue hiss. no that was the game right before new york red bulls away Correct. from him yeah Correct. that didn't go according to plan either no, neither no. of them did moving uh, swiftly on <laughs> yes that's all right uh predictions trev <gasps> Uh, all right, so uh, Taryn, you're the the guest. So uh, Trevor likes to go first. He's told us that he likes to go first, so he's going last yeah. uh, today. Or do you like to go last, Trevor? He's gonna, I'm not going to answer that because then you're going to do the opposite. He's, <laughs> he's going to blow up now. He's going to like say something outrageous. Yeah, I already have a lot of editing to do. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Taryn. So uh, score predictions: two to one, Real Salt Lake over Sporting Kansas City. Who do you think scoring the game winner? Ah, uh, the game winner is going to come from the back line. Oh, corner Ooh. kick? Set piece. Okay. I like that. Maybe seeing something in training? No. No? No, okay. I would never have seen anything in training. Spinner? Uh, uh, 2-1. But Taron just said that. Yeah, I'm, allowed to, I'm sorry. Can I not say the same no, thing? No, freedom right. of speech. In all Australia, right. you're all not right. allowed to say the same right. thing. But in America, <laughs> you're free. Oh, okay. All right, 2-0. Uh, I'll switch it. We're not going to concede a goal. And uh, because we look really good at the back. As long as we start like uh, we did in FC Dallas rather than we did against NYCFC. Is it true? Uh, I think Demir Krylak was talking about this during his presser midweek. You reminded me. Have, has RSL only conceded three goals through seven games? Correct. Wow. And you think that streak, somewhat of a streak, continues? I, I like it. Three uh, the, only, the only thing that worries me now is that we are going into a game where we are missing one of our starting defensive midfielders that do a very good job of shielding that back four. But Nick Beasley's done a really good job when he played the games this season, so why not? Let's go for it. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go with a... Uh, oh, boy. I'm going to go with a 1-0 victory. I think it's going to be low scoring, um, and I think RSL is going to get the better of, of sporting Kansas City considering they're in a down year and a down stage. They're not making the playoffs, so they've got really nothing to play for, and I think hopefully RSL can capitalise that. Big T. Dog. What do you say? 1-1 one, one draw. Why? We've well, all said win. You guys taking all the winning ones. I'm not going to think that they're going to score four goals on the road. All right. Well, you have 3-0, three 3-2, 3-1. Okay, Taren, we don't, we don't need to go there either. Score, uh, <laughs> first or second, Trev? I say they equalize. RSL does. Very nice. So similar to what we saw against New York, except they went on to blow them away. Taren, we appreciate you. Thank you for having me. No, As always. Always. Our pleasure. Uh, Spenner. Uh, thanks for texting while being on the pod the whole time. Hey, uh, my wife wants me to do something. Um, I am running errands. I've still got a life, Tom.
Don't judge me. Right. This means my wife's going to want me to text her. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah, no worries. And big bulldog, as always, we appreciate. Bulldog. Yeah. Chewing big on the wall. Bulldog. That's him. <laughs> uh, stop that. <laughs> Goodbye. We'll be back next week. <laughs>